Okay, we're doing Daphnem Aleph, starting to the bottom of Daphnem Amid Beis. So we had a Shiloh about things that took place in Rabbunah's Yeshiva. So the Gemara has another Shiloh about something that happens in Rabbunah's Yeshiva. Amar Rabba, Gavina Be Rabbunah, we used to learn by Rabbunah. Gavali Lan, we asked him. Let's say there's someone in the yeshiva who is fasting on a Friday. It seems that there was somewhat of a, a custom that the people in yeshiva used to fast on Friday. So the question is, what's the halacha? You will have to finish the fast, uh, finish it completely. And the shayla is, until you get to definite, definitely night, you want to make sure you're in the kind the whole time. Just fast the whole thing. Once you're doing it, you want to finish. So the problem is that you're going to be going then into definite uh, Shabbos, and then you're you're in a state of fasting on Shabbos. Is a person allowed to be in a state of fasting where they've just gone completed a fast? Is that forbidden to Shabbos? Shabbos, a person maybe shouldn't be in such a state where they're just so weak from all the fasting. So could a person finish his fast and go into into Shabbos fasting? So love and be all day. So Rav Huna didn't know the answer. So looking at the review that came to Rav Huna, he also didn't know the answer. So my Rava, Rava now said, let's figure out ourselves if we can be patient the question. Tanya says in the price of Tisha B'Av Shachalios B'Shabbos. What happens if Tisha B'Av B'Shabbos do you fast? So you do not. It is Nidcha. The Chayin, similarly, Erev Tisha B'Av Shachalios B'Shabbos. So too, if Erev Shabbos is, Erev Tisha B'Av is Shabbos. So normally, meaning it's an exception, normally Erev Tisha B'Av, the last meal a person has to have, cannot have meat, is forbidden to have meat, drink wine. That's what we call the Sudam Avsekah. It's a very simple, plain meal. So when Erev Tisha B'Av is Shabbos, you don't have such a halacha out of covered or Shabbos. You don't make any restrictions against any meal. Oh, the show is a cold circle. Person can eat and drink whatever he wants. Umala shulchanu afilu kesuda shlomo b'shaitu can eat, have it in his table, even like all the delicacies that Shlomo Hamelach had in his time. You can eat all of those things. So, for example, that shalashudas instead of it being like a suda mafsakas type of uh, vibe, instead it's like a, a, a it could be like a feast and a banquet. Chalios tishavav erev Shabbos. Let's say tishavav is on a Friday. So what's the question? If you're going to be fasting, you're going to Shabbos, you're going to be fasting. So what do we do? So we be in local base of Ocho. We bring anyone who's fasting a little size of an egg, like uh, some some food that's like the size of an egg, meaning a minimal amount of food, and you eat it on Tisha B'Av. What's the reason? You can't go into Shabbos while you're in a state of affliction from being so hungry from the fast. Okay? So here we see... That this fast day, even even Tishabab, which is a communal fast day, very chomer, you do not complete it. You do not go into Shabbos fasting. So certainly, a yeshiva student, where it's only a, pro- a private fast day, it's not as chomer. Certainly, you would not go into Friday night. So we were approaching Rabbi Shaila. Now the Gemara brings that really. It seems like it's not focused on Tanya. It says in a brayso, Amar Rabbi Yehuda. There's one time we were staying, we were sitting before Bikiva. Was it Tishabab, which was a Friday, they brought Rabbi Akiva a roasted egg. He swallowed it without salt. He wasn't really hungry. He didn't want it. He wanted to show the Talmudim that that is the halacha, that even mamish on, um, on, uh, on, on Tisha B'av, if it's a Friday, you break your fast before Shabbos and make sure you don't go into Shabbos fast. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi disagrees. Rabbi Yossi holds Misano, Mashlim, you should complete your fast, go in, even though you're going to be going to Shabbos. Fasting, the halacha still is that uh, that you should go in fasting. So we see that it's a machlekes. We see a machlekes whether or not this very issue is true. So now the end of the price is I'm like Don't you agree? Rabbi is the one who holds that you do go in fasting. See, Rabbi tries to argue his point. He says, "Don't you agree?" When Tishav is Sunday, Tishav is Sunday. When you have to stop eating, you have to stop eating while it's still Shabbos before the end. Because what's the point? 
They have to be eating. You don't know exactly when Tisha B'Av is going to start. So you start, you stop eating before the Shabbos day ends. You make sure it was to be to be positive that Tisha B'Av hasn't begun. So you're starting. You're going to start. You're you're going to stop eating and start your fast while it is still somewhat Shabbos, at least finish mushrooms or something like that. Well, at least still has a din of Shabbos. What do we see? That you could be in a state of fasting despite the fact that it's Shabbos. You're, you're saying, I'm beginning my fast of Tisha B'Av, Tisha B'Av is Sunday. And even though that's against the Shabbos for a person who's not supposed to be fasting, you are allowed to be in a state of fasting on Shabbos. Everybody agrees when Tisha B'Av is Sunday, it's like that. So I'm a little avul. They said back to Rabbi Yossi, you know what? You're saying that you're the truth. That is the halacha. In the case of Tisha B'Av is Sunday, you are definitely in a state of fasting right at the end of Shabbos, and that is permissible. So Amalek Hamar he turns it around. So Mali Ganes Shemuna, Mali Shemuna. So what's the difference? The same way you can see that you can that you can be in a state of fasting when Tisha B'Av is Sunday. So you should say the same thing when Tisha B'Av is Friday that you can go into Shabbos fasting, even though you're going to be in a state of fasting on Shabbos. It's not a problem. So the perspective that Rabbi Yossi is making in his argument is that the, the question is, could you be in a state of fasting? That's the question. Is it, against, is it against the covenant of owning Shabbos to be in a state of fasting when it is Shabbos? Rabbi Yossi is proving the same way in the, when Tisha B'Av is Sunday, you can be in a state of fasting right at the end of Shabbos. And that's not a violation of covenant of Shabbos, even though you wouldn't eat now, you wouldn't dare eat. So too, to go in, when Tisha B'Av is Friday, to go into the Shabbos, it's okay for a little bit amount of time, right in the beginning of Shabbos, to be in a state of fasting. So Amr'Allah, the Cham said back to Rabbi Yossi, there's a very simple difference. If you want to say, when Tisha B'Av is Sunday, when you're leaving the Shabbos, that's not a big deal to be in a state of fasting. After all, he ate and drank the whole day. So it's not really, he's not really so afflicted by starting his fast at the end of Shabbos. How could you apply that to entering the Shabbos when he's in a state of, when he's so starving, he didn't eat the whole Friday. So that, to be in a state of fasting after fasting the whole day a little bit on Shabbos, that's a situation which is forbidden because that is against Kabbalah Shabbos. How do we rule? So we have a machlok that's even in Rabbi the Rabbanon, if Tisha B'Av would be on Friday, if a person should break their fast right before Shabbos or not, Amar Ula Allah Rabbi Yossi, we possibly like Rabbi Yossi, that the fast should be finished, uh, it should be completely finished, and uh, even though it means that you go into Shabbos hungry. So Mar now asks, if we have Dinah Rabbi Yossi, is that really true? That we go like Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi it says in the Mishnah, in goes in time of Salat Zibar, Basin shouldn't make fast days on the Zibar, Barashi Chadashim, Bechanakah, Ubapur. So we're talking about when there would be like a lack of rain and stuff, Basin would make a whole series of fasts. So they should make that the fast would never shouldn't begin on Rosh Chodesh, Chanukah, or Purim. They're considered uh, somewhat like Yom and Taivim, so it's not proper to fast on these days. They already started a series of fast days, and now it happens to be that, that in the middle of the series it goes into um, it goes into Rosh Hashanah, Chanukah, or Purim. You don't stop, then you just continue. Once it started, you you don't continue because again, it's not technically mamish aser. There's no chiyuv to be happy on Rosh Chodesh. It's not like that. So so therefore, if they've already started this series of fasting, they are not mafsik. They continue. That's different. Gamliel, Amar Rameir, Afish Rameir, Eim Mafsikin. Even though Rameir says Eim Mafsikin that you don't interrupt and you fast on Rosh Chodesh, Chanukah, and Purim, my Daish Eim Mashlimin. He still agrees that we do not finish the fast, meaning that fast day. You would fast, partial fast, but you wouldn't finish the day uh, completely fi- uh, fasting. You would eat a little bit at the end of the day. And then it says, V'chein, and similarly, V'tishvav is Friday, you would not complete the fast. So we see clearly here that even a public fast day, right, we don't finish on Friday. And Vitanya says in a price that elaborates on this, Mishalach, we also show a little after Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Leal um, passed away. So Rabbi Yeshua came in to apostle of Rabbi Gamaliel had said. He was going to try to say that the fast day should be completed even on a Friday. So in this Brisa, Rabbi Gamaliel 
in this brief rise, Rabbi Gamliel was saying that you shouldn't complete the fast. So Rabbi Yeshua, after, after Rabbi Gamliel's death, Rabbi Yeshua comes in and he's going to try to say, no, 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 no. we're going to pause that the fast should be completed on Friday. What happened? Ahmad Rabbi Yochum and Nuri Rabbi Yochum and Nuri stands on his feet and he says, No, the boss of Rachel So I know that the body should have to go after the head. So Rabbi Gamliel was the Nasi, the pre, the leader of the Dar. So just he's bigger than all of us. And we were always going to halachas like Rabbi Gamliel during his lifetime. That a person does not finish the fast on the Friday going into Shabbos. You have to make sure you eat a little bit before Shabbos. So Akshon, and now that he's dead, we're just going to hustle up everything Rabbi Gamliel said. Yoshua, and shame and luck, we're not going to listen to you. Halach has already been established to us, like Rabbi Gamliel, that we do not finish the fast. No one who's in the base Medrash disagreed, meaning that the Allah stood like Rabbi Gamliel. So what do we see clearly? The Allah stood like Rabbi Gamliel, that you do not finish the fast, that you break your fast, before Shabbos starts. So Mar is asking his dear, we just said the halacha is like Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi holds that you do finish the fast. So the kasha is that here we see that we pass in like Rabbi Gamliel and we never stop passing like Rabbi Gamliel that we actually must break the fast. So the Mar explains that what happened was is that there was a change in the, de- in the generations. Again, Rabbi Gamliel, who was the older Rabbi Gamliel, held that you do not finish the fast. And they corveil the halacha for this. They always did like him. And even after his death, they continued doing like him. But eventually, generations later, by the time the God said generations, we started going like Rabbi the halacha switch, how it in practice, and now we go that you do finish the fast and go into Shabbos fast. Okay, so the Gemara accepts that, but we have a Krasha accepts that in Rabbi dar, they did like Rabbi and they went into Shabbos fasting. But the question is, on the historical, is it true that in Rabbi time, they established halacha like Rabbi But it says in the I am from the children of Sanab, who was from Sheba bin Yamin. And to understand a little bit, they used to have different families. Families used to bring wood to the Mizbeach. As is in the beginning of the, is the best time of Mikdash, there wasn't enough wood for the Mizbeach. So there were different families that, that, that had the, the schos of bringing wood to donate wood to the Mizbeach. And whenever it was their day to bring the wood, to each family was like considered like a special yontif for them, like a siyam, like that they had completed the mitzvah. And they would, they would observe it as a holiday. So once happened that they was from that this person came from the family, um, from this from this family snob from Shape of Yaman, and they had the tenth of Av as, as a yontif, because that's when they would bring the wood. So And normally it's not a kapak, right? Tishbab is the ninth, and their yontif is the tenth. But what happened was Tishbab was once on Shabbos. So therefore, with the Shabbos, the fast day was going to be is pushed off to the next day to the tenth of Av. The problem was for them, the tenth of Av. Was a was a yontif. So what do they do? On the one hand, it's tishuvah. On the other hand, it's their personal family yontif because they bring the wood to the mizbeach. So what do they do? So we fasted that day below the but we didn't finish the fast with nei because it was our day of yontif. So it sounds like time of the yontif. The reason they didn't finish the fast is because it was their family yontif, Arab yontif. But if it would have been the day before their yontif, meaning in a regular year with their yontif is the tenth of av, it sounds like they would complete the fast of tishuvah in a regular year. Tishabab would be a regular complete fast, and they would go into their personal day of Yantif, the 10th of Av, they would go in in a state of affliction, they would go in fasting. So what do we see? So the question is, is that is that Rabbi Sadduk lives in the, the generation of Rabbi Gamliel? And if it's true that in the generation of Rabbi Gamliel, the halacha is that you're not allowed you're not allowed to go into Shabbos uh, fasting. You would always break the fast. So how could Reb Tzadok in regular years, it sounds like his family, they would go into their into the 10th of Av, which was a holiday for them. They would go in fasting. How could it be? If the Kalacha was Kavua, was established by Reb Gamliel in his generation, then they should have had to break, they should have had to break the fast 
every single year. They never should have fasted a full complete Tisha B'Av since every year for them, the 10th of Av was a uh, Yantif. So the Gemara explains, I'm Ravina, no. Shani on the show, they're there. The 10th of Av, which was just a personal for them because they brought the wood, that's different. It doesn't have that same severity that you can't go in fasting. Shabbos, Allah Gamliel, has such a chumr, you can't go in fasting, you have to break the fast. But this Yantif, this Shracha Yantif, the 10th of Av, uh, which was a personal yontif for that family, wasn't as stringent, so they were allowed to go in fasting. Why? It's the same way you're allowed to fast a small amount of hours, just like you see what Lazar was talking in the price. So when Tishwa was nil to the 10th of Av, they were allowed to fast for a few hours. So therefore, you have the same svar that you can fast going into it. So it's not as hamar. Shabbos, in contrast, Shabbos, which is more stringent. Since we see it stringent, you're not allowed to fast on Shabbos even for just a few hours. You can't make a fast on Shabbos, even if you're not going to finish. You can't make a fast. It's the same thing. You can't go into Shabbos fasting. Right? We see you can't the Shabbos is more chamer, so maybe the Allah is really like Rabbi Gamliel that you can't go in fasting. Okay, so the Gemara is defended. We have this Machlokas Tanoam, whether you're allowed to go into Shabbos fasting or not. We have the opinion of Gamliel that you cannot, we have the opinion of Yossi that you could and should. And we're saying that the Halacha historically switched between the generations of Rabbi Gamliel and the generation of Rabbi Yossi. But even Rabbi Gamliel's generation was only for Shabbos. But for a weaker Yantif, you definitely could go in to Yantif fasting. Says the Gemara, I didn't hear all this. I didn't hear that Ula said that the halacha is like Rabbi Yossi. I didn't hear about this. You told us that the halacha is like Rabbi Yossi. You told it to us about the following mission. The Mishnah says, in Gozim Tanas Al Tirashah Kadash, and Basin shouldn't make the fast day initially on Farash Kodesh. You said about learning, and we had the whole long Mishnah, the whole long Mishnah, which said that it's that the Chain Tishra of Shkaliyos for Arab Shabbos. That we don't complete the fast, and you said on Marvidim Rav, a different Mishnah. We're Gamliel that the the Brisa, the Mishnah is only is only Ramir, uh, the name of Rabbi Gamliel that um, that 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 the halacha is that you don't that you don't have the public fast, so you don't complete the public fast in Rosh Chodesh Hanukkah Purim. Um, and, and and on a Friday, the disagree. They say that you should complete the fast. So my lavakuli, it must be that it's going on the whole, the whole, the entire, the entire statement in the Mishnah. Meaning not only Rosh Chodesh Hanukkah and Purim, that issue whether you finish the fast, but also the issue of when it's a Friday do you finish the fast. So it seems like we're saying that um, Allah is like Rabbi Yossi, that, uh, that, that 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 you would in fact go and finish the fast. So the Mar says low. Not necessarily true. The Chama aren't cholik necessarily with what Rameir said. Anything they're only cholik on Chanukah Purim. They hold Chanukah Purim are such are such minor fast days, are such minor uh, festive days. So therefore, you're allowed to finish completely the fast on Chanukah Purim. But in terms of the Israel of Shabbos, which is more Chamer, you're not allowed to finish the fast on a Friday. Going to Shabbos, uh, going to Shabbos hungry. And that might be in fact the truth. And the Gemara says It's likely that's what Rob meant. Because if Rob really Rav Yudah B'Shem Rav is really saying that the Chamar Cholik around the whole thing of Rameir, and they say that even on a Friday, the fast day is completed. So Rav already told us then that, that you're allowed to go into Shabbos fasting. So how come in this whole thing, that's how this whole story started, I'll buy me Rav and Yudah, when Rav asked Rav Yudah the Shiloh about if you go in, if you're allowed to go into Shabbos fasting, below Pajolay, why wasn't Rav Yudah, why wasn't he, Rav Yudah wasn't able to answer him? Why not? If Rav Yehuda really said that the Chamar Cholik, even on that part of the Mishnah, and they hold that you're allowed to go into a fast day, you're allowed to go into Shabbos from the fast day, and you're allowed to stay cold from fasting. So why didn't he answer a Rabbi's question? Must be Rabbi Yudah would never said that the Chumar Cholik on that part of the Mishnah, and there was talk of suffix by him what the halacha is, whether you can go in to Shabbos fasting.
says the Gemara, it's not necessarily proof. According to your reasoning, that if Rabbi Yudah didn't answer him, it proves that his that, that he held the Chum and weren't going on, on the issue of going to Shabbos. Other Shmarzuch made Ravuna, that which Marzuch was said in the name of Ravuna. Allah Chum Amisano Mashlim. Allah is that on Friday you fast and you complete the fast, you go in fasting. We don't get it. Rab asked Ravuna. Ravuna didn't give an answer. So wait a second. Here it's Bashem Ravuna that you go in fasting. Why didn't Ravuna give an answer? So you see, you see that not necessarily do we have to shim every statement with every story. It's possible he didn't give an answer, and at a later point he came to the Allah. The story where Ravuna didn't give the answer is before he heard what Rab said, and and the, and the Allah that Ravuna said black and white explicitly you should go into Shabbos fasting happened after he heard what Rab said. So Achanami, we could say the same thing thing by Ravuna. We could say by Rabbi Yehuda. One was before he heard the statement. One was after he heard what Rab said. So bottom line is the Gemara says that that we can conclude. Definitely that the halakha from all these people, they all agree that you go into Shabbos fasting, and it's they just hadn't been aware of that necessarily all of their life. It says the Gemara, Dosh, Mashushin, Jarfuna, Mashushin, Slim, and Shem Rafuna, at this point, halakha misanu mashlam, that the halakha is, that on Friday you go in, you complete the fast, and it's not uh, against covered the oneg of Shabbos. So now we start the new Mishnah. And the new Mishnah is understanding, again, that the issues of Tchum, you're not allowed to go more than 2,000 Amos outside of the Tchum. So the issue is, what happens if a person does? If a person does go outside the Tchum, so the thing is, they can't move more than four Amos radius from where they are in their location outside the Tchum, within the Tchum. But once you go outside the Tchum on Shabbos, you can't go more than four Amos. So the Mishnah teaches, let's say a person, Goyim, forcibly took him outside of his tchum, or there was some spirit that took over him, made him a little bit crazy, and he made him leave the tchum. The point is, he didn't violate the tchum willingly. He was just taken out against his will. So still, the mission says, he can't move in four amas in his new place where he is. Even though he left, leaves the tchum against his will, the din is, he's outside of his tchum. So he can't go more than four amas. doesn't make a difference if he did it willingly or not willingly. Let's say they brought him back to his tchum. So... Again, you shouldn't go more than four amas, but here they're forcing it back in. Either again, the spirit or the guy are forcing it back in. It's like he never left, meaning you still get back your total tchum. You get your, your residence was in the beginning of Shabbos, wherever you were, you had 2,000 amas radius. You left, you left that radius. Once you're outside the radius, you only have four amas. But if you get back in, they force you back in, then the halacha is you get you regain the whole tchum area that you had from the beginning of Shabbos. If they took him to another city that was outside its tchum, or they put him in a walled area outside his tchum. You get the entire new place where, where he was. Even though he's outside the tchum and he only should have four amos. But if you have an enclosed area, the opinion of Gamliel is that the whole enclosed area is treated like four amos. And the same thing is treated with like a, a new city. If there's a, a wall, so a walled city, they put him in a new walled city. So it's all one big four ama area. When is the halacha? When you're outside the tchum, you only have four amos. That's going to be in an open space. There's no walls. So... <coughs> And there we say you only have four amas. But whenever you're put, whenever you're put into an area that's enclosed, we say that the entire that the four amas is is, is the whole enclosure. It's not going outside of your am, your four amas. So therefore, um, you would be allowed to walk through the whole area. I'm sure Rekiva disagree. They say They say even in an enclosed area, you do not have more than four amas. They don't say that the whole enclosure is viewed as four amas. There was once a story. Maisa Shabbat. Pondersin. There was once a story. These Tanam were coming from this place, Pondersin, and a boat, and the boat was in, was 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 by the port when Shabbos started. So where were they? They got the tchum then by the port. They have two thousand amos in any direction. But what happened was they're in the boat on Shabbos. The boat moves uh, on on Shabbos, and now they're more than two thousand amos away from their port. So 
What's the halacha? They only have four amos, but they're on a boat. So could they move throughout the whole boat or not? And that's going to be the machlok. Move across the whole ship. Because lishitasam, when you're taken out of your tchum on Shabbos, forced to be taken out of your tchum, as long as you're within a walled place, you're allowed to go throughout the entire walled location. It's the equivalent of your four amos. If Yeshua didn't go more than the four amos right where they were standing, they wanted to be machmer in themselves because that was their shita. Their shita is that when you're taken outside of your tchum, you can't go more than four amos, even if that four amos happens to be in an enclosed uh, area. Now we learn another story. There was another time. The ship didn't come into the port. It was already dark. Shabbos had started. So Tom is established where you are when Shabbos is beginning. And when Shabbos was beginning, they weren't in the port. They were away. So if there were more than 2,000 Amos uh, when Shabbos began from the port, then when they get to the port, they can't come down. But if they were within 2,000 Amos, so they're still within the Chon Shabbos, and now they're coming to the city, they'd be allowed to come down and walk throughout the city. So they asked where we come Leo, I'm Leo, Manu Leir, they were allowed to go down. Meaning, were we within 2,000 Amos? Of the port when Shabbos started, so he said, it's motor for you." And when when Shabbos beginning, I was already looking towards the shore, and I was have a way of calculating it. We'll see in the Gemara more about that. We were within the tchum before it came dark, so therefore, we are allowed to go off of the boat. Says the Gemara, There are three things that that that. Uh, Bring a person al daito against his own will. They make you crazy al daskono and against Akadosh Baruch as well. Elohim, what are they? Ovik chavim, the goyim who force us sometimes <coughs> to do what we don't want to do. Ruachra, all sorts of bad spirits. If a person is successively poor, that can bring a person to do things against their will. The mindaf kimina. What is the point of this? What's the point of knowing this? If anyways, they're going to do it against your will. Like, what, what, what's the difference? So the Gemara says, the point is that a person should try to daven for it to make sure that it doesn't happen. The price that says more, Gimel in Rome, there are three types of people who never even see the side of Gehenim. Why? Because they have such pain here in this world that it's machaper for all of their sins. So they don't need to go to Gehenim. Elohim, these are these three groups of people. It's like Gehenim. He has people who are exceedingly poor. People who have bad stomachs. Baharashas. And the people that uh, always owe people money and people are always hounding them, they don't have uh, any, any comfort in life. Another a person who has a bad wife is also someone who has such endured such pain in this world in this world that he's not going to go get at it. Why did the first time I not talk about the bad wife? You're not stuck with the woman. You could you could have a mitzvah. You could you could divorce her. So you could avoid the suffering. So that's not going to save you from dead. And the other opinion, what about? The, the ksuba is too much for him to fit, to, to afford, so he's stuck with her. He has children for a month and God, so he doesn't divorce her because he, she has to take care of the kids. So if the divorce isn't there, so the suffering is considered that he can't get away from it, and therefore it is nachap. Uh, so Mara says, you know, what difference does is this whole teaching make if we're trying to say that, oh, it was safe because he has such, because he has such intense, um, such intense, such intense pain, but who cares? The bottom line is, it's going to be there whether he knows it or not. What's the difference? So the Gemara explains that he should accept it with love. Uh, because if you do it, accept it with love, then the Taka can spare you from Gehenna. But if you don't recognize it from Hashem, you don't realize it's pretty good, then you don't necessarily get saved. There are three types of people who suffer, who die. Even right, literally, they can be in the middle of talking, in the middle of the conversation, they might just drop dead. People with some problems with Chaya. Chaya is after... After the um, given birth and drikon, drikon. So it's some bad thing in the in the mouth. Rashi seems to explain. But my nafkemino, who cares about this? So that 
you should always have uh, shrouds prepared for a person's funeral if they have these issues. Okay, now we go back to discussing the issue in the Mishnah. Again, the issue in the Mishnah is that person only has a Tum, and if they leave their Tum on Shabbos, and Allah they only have four Amos. And even if they were taken away, even if they were taken away uh, forcibly against the will, they only have four Amos when they get outside. If someone leaves his home willingly, he does intentionally, he has no more than four Amos where he is. So the Gemara says, of course, Shita, of course he's not going to get more than four Amos outside the Tum. Even in the case where the Goyim forcibly took him out, the Mishnah said he can't move them more than four Amos, even though it wasn't his fault. Is it necessary to tell us that if he leaves the tomb willingly, which is certainly more chomer, so of course he only is going to have four amas. What's the, what's the novelty of Rav Nachman? So the Gemara says, You should say, the Rav Nachman was saying, is that let's say he was outside the tomb, and, um, uh, and, and and now he only has four amas, and he does the wrong thing. He returns willingly into the tomb. That's not, that's not what he should have done. So in other words, he was taken out, he was taken out, now he only has four, four, four amas, like the Mishnah said. He shouldn't go back in the city, but he does. He goes back in willingly. What's the din? He only gets four amas. Why? Because since it was also for him to return, you don't get the right back to use the tongue. If you were returned back against your will, so you would get your old tongue. But if you willingly violated the tongue to come back in, then you do not get I guess it's like a knas like that, that you do not regain your tchums. The Gemara says that's also not a novelty. I'm not a We can also see that in the Mishnah. Because the Mishnah said, if zero nafrim, if the Goyim return him, it's as if he never left and you get back your tchums. So the Mishnah said, if the Goyim return him, he, get back, he gets back his tchums. It's only if they, the Goyim bring him back in, it's like he never left and he gets his old tchums. But let's say the Goyim took him out, but he went back and willingly, he willingly violated tchums. It sounds like he doesn't get more than four amas. Because he willingly violated the halacha. So what's Rav Nachman's chiddush to say he only gets four amos if he willingly violated it? We could see that clearly in the Mishnah. So the Mar says, Ela ima. Rather, we should say Rav Nachman was saying like this. He left the tomb willingly. So here he left willingly. He violated willingly. But then the guy forced it back in. So what's the halacha? There says Rav Nachman, he only has four amos. That's the Chedeshav of Nachman. So here, just because once you left willingly, even if you get thrown back in by the Gahim, you do not regain the whole Tom only for Amos. Mar says, we, all, we could also see that from the Mishnah, because the Mishnah said, oh, see, it was true. The Gahim took him out, and the Gahim brought it back in. In that case, where he didn't do anything wrong, we didn't do anything wrong going back out. He didn't do anything wrong going back in. There, that he gets back his old, his old. The implication is only if they took him out and they returned him, he doesn't get back his old. But not if he left willingly. So we conclude see from the Mishnah. So the bottom line is, what's the chiddush of Reb Nachman? Shmuel says no. You may, you're right that that's the truth of what the Mishnah was implying. But Rav Nachman has to tell it to us because someone may have made a mistake in what the implication of the Mishnah was. you may have thought the Mishnah is just saying different rulings. But it's not a continuation. So meaning the way you would read it is like this. Someone of the Goyim took him out of the Tchum. And now he was he came back. He has no more than four Amos because he, he violated the Halach. And another and another day the Mishnah says, But if he left the Tchum willingly and the Goyim brought him back, as if he didn't leave the Tchum. You would say the Mishnah is not a continuation of the first case, but a separate case. And the Mishnah is saying that as long as the Goyim brought you back in, you get back the whole city, even in the gates where you will, where you 
willingly violated the Tchum Talib. Rav Nachman says, no, 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 no. The mission should be read as one big case. And the only time we say this cooler that you get back the old Tchum of the city is only when the guy took you out and the guy brought you back in. So you did nothing wrong. But any case where you did the wrong thing, either you left willingly, you went back in willingly, you do not regain the old Tchum. The class is you only have four almost any, you only have four almost even when you get back Says Gemara, new question. We're saying a person leaves the home, the din is he only has four amos. They ask Rabbos, so when to cover him out, what if you have to go to the bathroom? Because you go beyond four amos to get a private place to go to the bathroom. But then four amos is not private. So could you go find the bathroom? So Amalam Rabbah said, It's so important, respect for the human body. Since Tchum is Darabanan, you're allowed to leave the four amos radius to get to the bathroom. So he should make sure when he's looking for the bathroom to go back somewhere within his original tomb. And what came into all all? Because once he has returned permissively into the tomb, he has returned. So as long as he's not going to be doing the wrong thing to come back in, once he came back in, he's going to be a mutter. So the same way, like we learned in the Mishnah, and when the guy threw him back into the, to, 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 to the city, he's going to get back the tchum. So certainly someone who's doing the right thing, like halakhically, he's allowed to leave the Quran to find the bathroom if he's smart and he walked back into the tchum. So now he's going to get um, going to get his tchum back. Obviously, this is only going to help for someone who was forced out of the tchum. So he's forced out of the tchum. So if he willingly walked into the city, he doesn't have, he doesn't have the whole city back. But here, since he has a head there to walk back in to find the bathroom, that's why he would get it back. That's the point of the Nadai that he could be a Pikach and, uh, and and get it. Okay. So, all right. Fine. We'll stop here uh, for today's remarks.